You're listening to the Winbuild Send Podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. Play this record as frequently as possible. Okay, this is uh, Gabriel Menchaca. We're doing the uh, Winbuild Send Podcast tonight from Pasadena, California, and I'm here with uh, Pastor Marcel Muniz, and uh, maybe just go ahead and introduce yourself, a little bit of your background, and how's it been in Pasadena? Okay, what's up guys? Uh, this is Pastor Marcel Muniz with Praise Chapel Pasadena. Um, we've been out here for about a year and a half, since May 2016. Um, it's been great, God's just been moving, and God's just been doing cool stuff. Um, we, we started in our home on like a Sunday morning. We had like a little Bible study going on and we were in the home for like four months and then we ended up moving to, to this uh, local local uh, uh, massage school or whatever and we used our school area for, for service on Sundays. We, we got a word from the other day that said that we'll, we'll be getting the, the, rough, the rough crowd and I feel like I guess in... in in, in a sense, that's pretty true because I think the background of the people that we're attracting is is not like our own. Like my wife grew up in church; um, she never really did anything crazy, <laughs> crazy bad or anything. Um, and even myself. And, who, and who's your wife? What's oh, your by the way, my wife. Her name is Raquel uh, Muniz. Before that, her name, her last name was Hernandez, and she she grew up in in um the paramount fellowship the paramount praise chapel and her dad is david hernandez pastor david hernandez who is currently pastoring over in uh, cerritos shout out to them they just got the new building they're doing a grand opening on the 29th which is amazing yeah awesome Uh, i'm gonna try to get a a fill-in pastor so i can attend their first service i mean i'm just kidding i don't know uh we'll see (laughs) so it's cool we're 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 here we're just doing uh outreach just trying to connect with people and uh, just just praying it out and just believing God for for increase in that He would build this church, man. So it's cool, awesome. What most people don't know is that actually uh, uh, Raquel, which is we call her Rocky. Yeah, she's actually my cousin, and so he's married to my cousin. Uh, my other cousins, her brothers, Rocky's brothers, are, are David Diga Hernandez and him and his wife Jessica. They uh, they have a evangelism evangelism ministry, and then uh, Michael and Jessica, they are actually being sent out. Uh, beginning of next year or, or mid mid next year I think to go pioneer a, a ministry in Austin Texas so um, the family's from a ministry background uh, Marcel and Rocky have been here at Pasadena you said about a year right? year and a half year and a half what, one of the things that uh, we started discussing I came drove out here and I was like dude I feel like once you're living in Pasadena, you've made it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they, they quickly shot that idea down and said that Pasadena actually has some pretty rough neighborhoods. Yeah. Maybe just elaborate a bit <laughs> on sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think I, I had the same idea of Pasadena when I first came out here to scope it out. Uh, we, we, we drove out here. I, I personally have never really spent too much time in Pasadena. I uh, would come out, maybe hit up Colorado. Yeah, I think honestly, maybe like a handful of times, the and that's all Pasadena. Exactly, spots, yeah. and that's all I really ever experienced. I didn't know that north of the two ten, and uh, uh, yeah, north of the two ten, that it was it's pretty bad. When we actually try to come out here and move, 
uh, we we I was in communication with this lady that I think she was like a real estate person and she okay. was she was trying to hook us up with this spot and I was out on the phone with her trying to figure out like where this place was and I pull up in this the, the street that that she was waiting for me and she's waiting for me at these apartments and I'm pulling up uh, and, and the cops are taping off the street because there was an active shooter going on. And it turns out that that shooter was in the same spot that, that the lady was trying to rent us. Yes. And so I was just like, dude, I, my mind is blown. Like this, I this isn't the the, the the city that I was thinking that I was walking into. Uh, we we were driving around and trying to figure out the city and and even I know that there's a homeless issue like everywhere. There's a lot of homeless people. There's a lot of homeless people. Like we we're over here on the east side. Um, by the freeway man it was just like bum city dude like i know they have issue right off the 57 mm-hmm. in orange county it's not that bad like in, in a concentrated area but like just everywhere there's a lot of hotels off of colorado because of the rose bowl or not not only the rose bowl parade oh uh, yeah the the rose bowl like thing that happens at the rose bowl but because of the the tournament of roses like they always have people flying in so during the time like beyond the 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 new year's it's almost like you got like I don't want you have the type of people that live in motels. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. The type of crowd like my wife met some some woman. She was having a hard time. She's got like four kids and she's just there by herself. Right. Like we live on a street where there's a hotel in the corner or motel in the corner, and man, there's always bums there. Just 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 there. Cops are constantly pulling in, and it's 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 a part of the city that I honestly never never knew existed and. Not that I'm like, oh my god, I'll never go talk to these people, but um, we came from the city of Bell Gardens, and it's just interesting to see that that there's a lot of that. I feel like there's a a, a smaller version of Bell Gardens located within Pasadena. Yeah, that you never knew. About. I never knew about. <laughs> like there's there's even like Mexican stores. Like I outreach all the time. I go to this place called Baja Ranch Market and food for less. I didn't even think like, man, food, I was thinking food for less is only like in like lower end areas. Like I know there's one in Norwalk there, uh, 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 and like, um, like no, no offense area. to people who shop at food for less. <laughs> no, I, I love food for less. Right. Like, okay. but what I'm saying in, in comparison to like the, the, the nicer markets like Albertsons or yeah, because you see a lot of big houses. Exactly. You're like, yeah, like you're never going to see an Albertsons or you might, but I, in my travels, I've never seen an Albertsons in like Compton or like right. in Bell Gardens. No Albertsons there. Like Vaughn's is right by my where my parents live in in, in La Habra. Mm-hmm. La Habra's really nice. It's really cool. So when I came out here, I'm like, dude, they, they, they've got some shops that are akin to to uh, Bell Gardens. So it, it was really it, it it felt like being in Bell Gardens kind of prepped me for for that type of crowd yeah you know and and i just felt i actually connected with this one pastor um i'm gonna say the name of the church but i mean i just i i i had reached out to him and i just wanted to get some more info on on his church on the people that they're reaching here in pasadena here in pasadena it's a pretty big pretty big church and um <clears throat> he was telling me that that the demographics of his church mostly white and asian mm-hmm. and then was that surprising no, I kind of figured that okay. that was the case. I just wanted to get reassurance that, like, I'm out here not just to reach, like, Hispanics, because I'm, like, mostly Hispanic, and, and I can vibe with the Hispanics, and, and you know how it is. Like, most cultures, like, just, like, tend to tribe up, and, and, and I felt like that would just be an easy segue for me to, like, meet people. Yeah. And, you know, and... 
and whatever. I'm not saying the only people that are welcome to our church are Hispanics, but like it was just to start a church, the easiest way. To, like, hey, you're Hispanic, I'm Hispanic. Let's let's do church together. You what's know what what's mean? your ethnic heritage for those that don't? So I'm. My parents were born in. My mom was born in Acapulco. My dad was born in born in Guadalajara. But my mom has like a little bit of Filipino, okay, somewhere in there. So if you if you ever meet me, you're gonna be you're gonna ask before you 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 you, you even ask the question, you're gonna be thinking, dude, are you Filipino or Mexican? I don't I, I get that all the time. <laughs> so it's just cool, like to be able to. Uh, so when I met that guy, he just like basically reassured, like convinced me or validated my idea that like a not too many people are reaching out to to English-speaking Hispanic Hispanics, people. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, dude, you're not going to find a shortage of, of Spanish-speaking churches in, in here in Pasadena. They're okay. all over the place. Okay. But I have yet to find, like, many churches that, that are just, like, just his, like, you'll find a lot of Spanish churches yeah. who, uh, who will address and, and speak to the the older Hispanic crowd that sometimes only speaks Spanish. Right. And then whatever the second generation. Not the second, third, who like know all about social media, who are have jobs, who have degrees, who who have like young families and they're they're raising them with with like American American values, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um and and I feel like that that would be like my niche to get started. And so it's it to me I that's kind of like it's cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with that, and so it's interesting though that the people that come to our church, I think there's only like a maybe like maybe like four people that actually live in Pasadena. No, like maybe like six, three families that actually live in Pasadena come to our church. Everybody else is from like uh, people from Alhambra. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, El Monte. There's a good, uh, good people at South Central, La Habra. Wow. Yeah, so it's like. It's a good mixture. It's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, okay, what, what uh, you have a degree in, in what, uh, what did you study? Uh, I have a, a bachelor's in English, uh, a minor in speech communication, and I was actually trying to be a teacher, uh, but halfway through I realized, man, there's no money in, in, in being a teacher, and so I just kind of just decided just to end school, get it, get it over with, and right towards like the end, my junior year in college, I got really involved with church, and so I kind of like lost interest in in like school yeah. getting my masters or whatever and I really focus on like I guess discipleship process mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm kind of making an excuse for myself for now uh, continuing my education but uh, <laughs> so um, so you have your bachelor's in English yeah minor uh, major in English minor in speech communication, speech communication. so then um, so you're in church uh, what how did you come to know Jesus like how, how did he he come into your life like what happened so I think my parents um, kind of had a big role in helping me get connected to, to Christ in that they sent me to a Christian school. And it was in Christian school through like fifth through seventh grade that I first heard about Jesus. Yeah. I think at the, I think it was in sixth grade, maybe. I, I think it was sixth grade. You know, this like Christian camp kind of deal through this church in Norwalk. It used to be called the Nazarene Christian Church. Now it's something else. And um, I was there, and they, they, they did this whole thing, uh, altar call and everything. And I remember leaving. I didn't actually respond to it. And one of my, my friends said that I should go back. And I said, well, I already believe in God. And he goes, but you don't act like it. And then, so it was in that moment. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll go back. And 
I just said a simple prayer. I went back. They just let me. Th- I remember even saying like, "Dude, that's it. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That and and I'm sealed. I'm ready to go." And and I, and he was in that moment, in that environment, that influence, that that atmosphere, that I, that started it all, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then growing up, it was kind of crazy. We, we, me and my brother, we grew up in a in like an abusive home, kind of like uh, my my parents are always verbally uh just going at it just yelling at each other sometimes even physically and we were just caught in the crossfire ball, yeah you know what i mean and uh a lot of that they, there was alcohol involved in the in in the home and uh pretty crazy so so we grew up with that and there was all because of that there was always this like you know the void that people talk about or uh, i feel like there's there's no security in the home because I, I, I didn't feel like, okay, you know what? I know at the end of all this or at, that my parents are going to stay together, that my parents are going to love me, that my parents are going to love my brother. It was not like that. I remember it was so bad that almost every Christmas my parents were fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, we would never have, like, a unified Christmas. I think got I think it got so bad during the times of, like, after after, like, after I was eight, it got really bad. And I remember, like, every holiday was just bad. We weren't ever together. I remember one Christmas in particular, uh, they just fought, and then my mom had to leave and go somewhere to, to like, just to be safe or whatever, and just to be out of this out of the situation. And then they sent me and my brother to, uh, they sent me and my brother to my uncle's house, and so they had all their gifts, and everybody's opening all the gifts, and I remember just like, uh, just sitting sitting in everybody's like wrapping paper and just like dang dude this sucks like Mm -hmm. and so that that was like my experience kind of growing up and uh eventually so when i got to high school um at towards the end of high school i had this i I met these guys we we started playing music and these guys invited me to the church or to start a band with them and then through that i ended up kind of getting introduced to the church and i just remember going to the church and just like just god just hitting me bro like it just that 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 void that that security that that I was missing as a kid just like just dropped on me, mm-hmm. and it was in that moment that it in that time that I really felt a connection to God and that like this is it this is what I've been kind of like missing not that like I didn't love my parents because they were they were always there for me you know and they they just like anybody living without Christ they just had their things you know yeah what I mean? it's like not, broken people yeah exactly yeah. so like they did the best that they could you yeah. Know? And and they never like they were never not there for me. They just had their issues, but Jesus made uh, all the difference, and He filled me with always like His love, and, and it just healed the areas and and, and 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 all the hurt from the past. Yeah. And so I it was through that there at this church in in Whittier called House of Grace. God bless that that church, man. I think they're still there. And um, the pastor's name is Pastor Ralph, amazing guy. I'm just so thankful for him. I remember a, a, a certain period of time um, after I, le- I ended up leaving that church to go to Praise Chapel Bell Gardens. But I remember going back all the time. And every time I see him, I would just like cry because I was just yeah. like, dude, I'm just so thankful for you, man. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, like someone who actually had the compassion yeah, and really dude. helped you navigate. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, and I remember at that point, um, so you were in, in a band, uh, it was hardcore music. Yeah. Like metal or. It was just, they call it hardcore. Oh, you broke that, huh, baby? It was just hard, uh, they call it just hardcore. Uh, but I did, yeah, I was in a metal band. Hey, you're talking about that first band, Eleanor Violent. Eleanor Violent. It was a, a hardcore band, bro. <laughs> I actually remember them. 
I remember being at a concert with Ruben Nunez, and and uh, I remember you guys were playing. It was a uh, it was a three piece, wasn't it? Yeah, he was in it actually. Was he? <laughs> yeah, he. I, no, he joined. He joined at the last show. We had one. We had one show at uh, the Allen Theater. Yes, the Allen. And then that was the last show. Like he played one, and it was good. It was a good show. I think we played with the Warriors. Uh, and set your goals, I think. Okay. That was pretty good. Man, I think I remember that show. Yeah. And yeah, then, the Allen was a spot in Southgate for a while. Dude, it was the bomb. But uh, House of Grace was also doing shows for a while. Yeah, they were doing shows here and there. Yeah. So, okay, so so that was a period in your life. You're, you're you know, uh, playing music. You're, you're, in a sense, you're developing spiritually as a Christian. Um, what were some of the challenges, like, you know, in that time frame? Uh, I, oh, was there a lot? Yeah, I think because I I was single as a single young man. Um, I didn't have, uh, so there is, uh, so, okay. The way it went was I, I got, I got introduced to the Lord in, uh, House of Grace and, uh, it was cool. It was just like all about Jesus. And then I think the struggles for me as, as a young man was just just like staying pure and, and not like falling into, um, fornication which i did fall into and uh and not realizing that like when you get saved that that the transformation occurs across the board Mm. like it 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 goes as far as allowing god to dictate as to who and when you're gonna date yeah and that's not something i would i even like knew hmm. (laughs) because i think the the i was never taught that like when i first got saved like that was never a thing everybody was just dating you know like uh everybody just just everybody had boyfriends everybody had girlfriends so it was like oh it's not a big deal but but no boundaries were no so. boundaries either yeah, so like yeah. that's what I, I i i didn't not that i didn't know any better but because i felt like the god like obviously telling you like dude you shouldn't be doing this you right, know what i mean right and so i think that was a major struggle in the very beginning like getting getting uh, catching on and wanting to preach that's easy you know uh, catching can, getting the, the, the vision of like one day that God can use you that's easy because it's some sort of self self self-satisfying it's sort, mm-hmm. of, sort of like look at me look what I've achieved to some yeah. degree you know what I mean like I have goals I want to achieve that's easy right because in the end it kind of serves you you look cool preaching you look cool doing all this good stuff but like uh, being taught that hey you've got to not uh, 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 just just let your flesh be out of control. And that was a big one for me in the beginning, as well as establishing disciplines. Exactly, yeah. exactly. As well as for sure, um, for uh, uh, I guess for me, this isn't for everybody, but I know for me, it was the issue of authority because the way I grew up, like I like I, I obviously I love my dad, but in the beginning. Because of who who he was and how he was to me and my brother, like I just I just had this hate and yeah. like this this disdain for leadership or authority that like man you you could <laughs> I, I look back and it's kind of funny but I remember even in high school just like acting out and like like encouraging my entire class just to like do WhatsApp pull pranks on our teacher. She was from Germany. She 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 didn't, really didn't understand. <laughs> so we were always praying. We were always just doing crazy oh. stuff, like fake faking fights in the in the classroom. Someone stole her keys, uh, and just like always like screaming and yelling and just like, and I just had, like any chance I could, I would just like oh just just have an issue with with authority. And so that was another thing for me. Uh, um, 
in 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 going getting connected. Yeah, going yeah. going to church and and anytime someone would tell you like you have to do certain things or like this is what you should do, it would be like, mm, okay, I hear you, but yeah, nah, like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do me. So then, so then from there, you're you're, you're growing, you're spiritually uh, developing, you're finding out your real identity in Christ. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, what happens? How did you step into ministry? Like, were you? Um, did you? Did you just know right away? Like, I want to, I want to be in ministry, or was it something that you actually had a heart for people, or was it more of like a position or title that you were looking at? Uh, you know what? I I think I think it's a mix of of actually caring for like a group and like community that I that I got from like being a water polo and even my dad for for he would like he would preserve me me and my brother like our relationship and our friendship he he never I think he did a really good job of making sure that me and my brother um were just like cool Mm -hmm. and we like you have to look out for him and you have to look out for him Mm -hmm. and so even to this day like people like kind of like marvel at our relationship because like we never we hardly ever fought we're always in the same team we're always backing each other up Mm -hmm. and a lot of that definitely is attributed to my brother's personality type like like the roles are reversed i'm the younger brother but i'm the younger older brother like he was just cool with being like i don't know his personality is just really cool just just being able to like go with the flow and not really like my toys my fizz and so we never we 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 were together. We were we we operated as a unit. And so even when we went to like high school, when we played on the water polo team. Like we kind of like carried that with the that it was all about our team, our community, and it wasn't ever like just me, my deal. And it's just it's just me, and I'm gonna look out for number one. Like I don't even remember this one time. This was even before I got into Christianity. My coach was just just ragged on this young kid. Like he just dumped on him, and the kid was just like crying. Uh, the, I will say this: my coach was like an ex ranger, and like this guy was nuts, bro. Yeah. He was nuts. Like he would make his um, train in the morning. There's literal ice, ice like icicles hanging from the side of the pool. Kids to lips are turning purple, and he's just like, "Go back and go, go!" Insane, dude. I remember this one time he would tell us like, "Okay, you can get out of the pool once your ball is dry." So he would like have you like egg, egg beater in a circle to like and then he would check your ball but he would like grab some water and touch your ball and go nope it's still wet <sighs> and like he would just he, this guy was insane and he just like railed on this one kid and i remember being being and i just like i just hugged the kid and 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 just like loved on like dude just like kind of just tell him dude it's all good dude we're here for you we got you back you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i feel like there was always that 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 in me but then i would also say that there was also a part of me that I wanted to be like the guy. It was like ambition. Yeah. 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 And so that that was definitely there. Um, for better, for worse. I think I think everybody gets through there. I, and to be honest, I feel like that didn't really break in me until I became an assistant pastor. Yeah. In that church. Because I was like, even I was a, I was a, the, I guess I started with like the young, the, the youth. I was a leader in the youth. And then I became a leader in the young adults, and I was always just trying to like show off, like look at my group, look at I look at the disciples that we raised. We operate in the Holy Ghost, and none of you do. <laughs> you know, like that was it. Like you made discipleship competitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to some degree. 
and it was just something cool like to, to, to know that like we would have these shows and 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 we we operated in the Holy Ghost we'd be giving people's words people would be getting healed at the shows that we were doing um, we would go on outreaches and like people were getting healed like it's just amazing stuff so even even getting to the, it, it none of that that really broken me until I became an assistant pastor and I realized dude these are all like I started yeah. seeing things at from my pastor's view like it's not just you. It's not just your thing. Like you're connected to this entire thing. Yeah. And yeah. like, if these people are weak, don't just rag on them. Don't just like expect Pastor Mike just to to rebuke them, and then they're just gonna like get ship shape, you know, and and they're gonna fall. But like, man, they have some serious issues. Yeah. And it's not something to like like point fingers at them, but to like, dude, actually help them. So when you stepped into the, the leadership role at the church, at that point, you probably didn't have the full picture. And then once you stepped in, you saw the bigger picture. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Things made a lot more sense. Definitely. So, okay. So also, um, you work for, uh, I believe it's a Los Angeles County. Yeah, LA County. Okay. So you were talking about one of the projects you, you worked on um, uh, in changing some of the systems in yeah. LA County. Uh, I don't know. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, so... So I worked for LA County, and um, for two years, I did work with the project management office, and we developed a uh, customer service redesign for okay. LA County Department of Public Social Services, which basically does uh, all the wealth, stuff. all the welfare yeah, programs. Yeah, so you're yeah. talking about CalWORKs, General Relief, EB, mm-hmm. uh, EBT, CalFresh, Medi-Cal, uh, all those. So. I was part of the team that that introduced the Monovas concept, which again is a as, which was a, a countywide customer service redesign. Okay. And so we had uh, I was part of the dev team that that designed some of the, the the processes that would go into place that would we would do what they call a gap analysis of where we're at right now and where we want to be, mm-hmm. and then and then identify all the things that would need to happen to get us to our to be model so we have right. our as is and then our to be and how do we get to where we want to be, to be yes. it was really cool um and and there's a lot of like uh project management skills that i picked up there and uh, it's it's like it and so the it's mo- something the model, really the model cool you guys did did it get picked up yeah what happened it, it, it? it went into place so there's about i want to say anywhere from like 50 to 60 offices that serves about like 2 million about 2 million la county residents and so that that model office concept, that customer service redesign, went into play for those fifty to sixty offices, impacting all those people. We took like uh, one of the, I guess, the claim to fame for that 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 process or that redesign was that we took a um, like a ninety minute process, a wait at, at some of these offices for a simple EBT card request. So you'd wait like ninety minutes. To get an EBT card, hour and a half. you already you already have benefits approved. Everything's super. It's just there, like you have all you just need is a card. You lost your card, whatever. We took it like an hour and a half process turned into like a five ten minute process. Yeah. yeah, and so it was just it was amazing and and how all that worked, uh, and it was that's I it's actually up for like an award with uh with LA County, the productivity and quality award for uh, it's like you guys a, a legacy. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually so I don't I'm not long, no longer with that team. I went to the communications team, but I'm I'm actually trying to like sneak into their award ceremony so I could also get an award because hey that was my work, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know I put my like my blood, sweat, and tears in that thing, dude. Yeah. They had me driving out to like Lank Lancaster, 
uh, Chatsworth. Wow. Dude, it was, it was cool. Like, now I'm looking at it, it was really cool, but, dude, it was it was, it was tough, dude. Yeah. yeah. So it, so you brought about, like, a, a, a change into L.A. County. Yeah. Um, that's a good segue to talk about uh, Praise Chapel, because I know that there's some areas that you, you really feel like, man, we could bring about some, some shifts to help our fellowship as a whole. Yeah. Uh, what What are some of those things that you looked at and you saw like, man, we could we could do this a little bit better. Um, I guess the where when I look at church planning, um, some of the pain points that 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 come up from my experience in 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 my own experience of, of church planning, which were mitigated by Stadia, mm-hmm. like Matt shout out to Stadia, they really made a complicated process of stuff that really doesn't get um laid out or 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 identified when you when you accept the call to church plant you know what i mean like the way uh praise chapel does which is really cool Um, just just to break real fast um stadia is a church planting resource organization that provides (laughs) uh mentoring uh management yeah uh, coaching um, I don't know what else do they. It's just basically like a church planning project management team. They they walk they walk with you. Yeah. They they don't really do the work for you, but mm-hmm. they really just lay out the process of. They make it confusing and and uh, process simple. They have all these different things that that man I didn't even know about that you had to do like legals EIN process and where to start and how to finish and and they really give you confidence on on completing all of that stuff like. And, and for our fellowship, that's something. Uh, barely, I would say fairly new that we, uh, Praise Chapel started as a movement, and yeah. so we really didn't have understanding of structure. We didn't have understanding of how to obtain these these legal specifications that are required for church groups and and churches and that. So this this group came in and really helped bring in that area that to help us really grow. Yeah. So and then with that being said, you're you're in as we talked about earlier, you're in the first year or you're celebrating one year. Yeah. Of being in Pasadena and, and pioneering a new ministry. Yeah. So you're actively church planting and you're you're saying that within our own fellowship, there's some things that we could definitely get better at. Yeah. And so a lot of it you said was sparked by from, from Stadia. Yeah, a lot of the help that they offered, I feel like, man, why why have an external source when we could have our own? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's so even though they had a lot to offer, I feel like just like anybody would have like with with just like a third party coming in is like, "Hmm, who, who are you?" You know, like we pretty shop, I feel like prides itself in being like a family thing, you know? So when you just have like a stranger kind of come in and be like, "Hey, let's do this." You're just like, "Uh, and so, why not have your own people? Yeah, and it, you know it, what I mean. I, it is it is pretty cool though to also see that this group could come in and kind of teach us, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to having to take the the reins and, and uh, do it completely for us. It's cool to see that, like, hey man, they could come in and teach us a lot and help yeah. us. Because I mean, Praise Chapel, we do have a strong emphasis on being a, like a family organization, like where we we know each other. But I I feel like at points is our strength and our weakness. Sure, you know, so, yeah, so it is a it is a yeah, good thing. I, I definitely yeah, I definitely agree. With, uh, an outside perspective can help bring uh, some some well needed change. So, and, what are the, some of the things, the main things that you identified, and you're like, you know what, man, we can do this better. Uh, definitely in the mentorship that so. I think that there's some things that we can pull from them to to run with um, and modify 
according that would really fit our our, our own fellowship in the way we operate. Right, because they they do help a lot of different organizations. Yeah, and so there's nothing really uniquely um, specific to Praise Chapel. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is there's some things that we can take and make them uh, in a sense custom to sure. what we do and how we do it. Yeah. So there's things like they did with like identifying the legal process from yeah. and just laying it out. I'm like, wow, thanks. Like I had, I don't even know where to start with that whole thing. Yeah. And I think that that can kind of become a, an issue for people who don't know anything about that. And let's say, okay, let's say they're, they're working all, all the time, 40 hours. When plus do you even have time to like yeah. do any of that? So, um, which people do like our pastors do that, man. But it's just like, that's just another thing that that these guys maybe weren't aware that they have to do when they signed up to go, you know? Yeah. yeah. And now that all of us, now all of a sudden we're on the hook for doing like monthly reports, like when not everybody has had the privilege of being doing the books in their in their mother church, mm-hmm. like getting used to that, man. That took for me. Oh God, I like that was such a uh, <laughs> I, I like dread doing it because it's like this isn't my strong suit. You yeah. know what I mean? But they that that I I, I feel like. Um, even giving us best practices and how to do this and what resources are available that you may or may not be aware of to help you along with the, the whole, uh, uh, not only budgeting, but, but reporting on your finances yep. and the requirements and how serious it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not, that's not all, um, laid out up front. Well, I think cause you like in praise chapel, there's a huge emphasis on people. Like we are very relational. Yes. We want to talk to people. We want to spend our time hanging out with people. Uh, we, we view discipleship and fellowship as interchangeable words. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we love being around people. So when it comes to like paperwork, we're kind of like, Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like get away from it. You know? but, I agree. I but agree. it is it is something that I think that's, that's you know, that Stadia probably brought attention to that in turn you're saying, hey, man. I think we, we as a fellowship can really focus and just kind of learn from this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so you've identified those areas. Um, one of the other things that I know that, that you have a, a strong drive and um, you have a, you have a good insight into is succession planning. Um, the areas of uh, of making sure that there's someone in position for a future shift or leadership change. What what are your thoughts on that? Like, if you can just give us an <clears throat> so, overview. Uh, yeah, for sure. I heard I first heard this term in my job. So where I work at again is LA County, and there's like okay. So DPSS has about six to eight executives, mm-hmm. like top top executives, and um, they'll have like their own plans. So there's this massive strategic plan that happens every four years, right? They plan these are our goals for this next four years, okay, and we have to achieve them. Every single executive pulls, I guess, goals that are relative to their bureau. Some of them are like tech guys. Some of them are workforce uh, development people. Some of them are communication, like a special ops people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody like kind of like cherry picks these goals that are relative to their position. And But one that permeates every single one of them is succession planning meaning that they are responsible for developing leaders to replace them and ensuring that their organization, DPSS, that the services go uninterrupted regardless of who's in charge, regardless if someone mm. is there. Uh, 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 so basically planning for departure, whether someone 
gets a better job and leaves LA County, the DPSS, whether someone uh, retires, some maybe an accident as they pass away or they're, 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 they're out and they can't make it. Succession planning basically plans for that and says, we're not going to be left without. Right. Every right. single one of you on the hook to make sure that there's someone that is equally responsible, equally in the know about the program, and equally capable to take over so that one, the organiz- organization doesn't go without, there is no void, there's no interruption in services and the way we flow. And two, if future opportunities arise, that we'll have a leader just ready to go, yeah. just, in, just one in the chamber, just ready to take over that opportunity. So that that's when you look at that, like when you look at succession planning and how LA County does it, it's 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 not only for LA County. If you look at all the people that are in the workforce today, you're looking at like the tail end of baby boomers, if there's any of them still in the workforce. But a lot of them are probably on their way out. Yeah. And even I think it's <coughs> excuse me, Gen X, maybe mm-hmm. or like my my parents uh, who are in like their 50s and, and, and maybe people are getting into their 60s. I don't really know what generation that is, but they're they're about to be on their way out. Right. And so there's... What, what next? Yeah, who's yeah. next? What's next and who's next? I, I went on an interview for with uh, a group interview with Montebello PD, and I guess they, had, they were telling us they had said something that they needed someone ASAP because I think within that year, four people with... 30 years of experience each all retired wow so that's a total they're they're just like in a in a and just like we got to figure this out because that's 120 years of experience just gone, gone. yeah bro and so how, how do you the organization they're saying that they're left without man like i can imagine like all the connects all the wisdom all the 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 ability to kind of like maneuver mm-hmm. in that realm like it's just gone yeah and that's what not only in business realm but also feel in the church that's what we're experiencing man like if- so but, but some would ask and i know that there's a few other organizations that have a focus on this <clears throat> one of them's called i think it's called a uh, pipeline you heard of it? Mm-mm. Well, it's like it's like a leadership conference that they focus. God. They it's a leadership conference and they focus on developing leaders and they mm-hmm. call it pipeline to make sure you have a leader in the pipeline That's ready cool. to go next. Okay, it's so a Christian organization. Yeah, it's a Christian. It's a sure. Christian conference. I believe. I believe it's annually, but I'm not sure. But there's a few other ones that I know of. Um, but let me ask this: the the differentiation of discipleship and mentorship. So the idea of you're taking somebody and you're discipling them, um, for me, I would say that it would be like you're developing them in the Christian context to follow Jesus in a greater capacity with their life. Yeah. Mentorship is more about positioning um, yourself to teach someone to be a leader themselves. So would you agree with that or would you say that's a little bit different or what are some some thoughts on that? You can. I feel like you can develop disciple someone to become a leader and essentially be doing both i don't think i think discipleship looks different for different people obviously not everybody's going to become a leader right so i think discipleship has elements of mentorship when when the 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 case you know when when there's a, a need for it so like in my for me my pastor didn't just disciple me just to go closer with god he actually groomed me to become a leader mm-hmm. which also was mentoring he we did uh, premarital counseling with him. We did, um, uh, I would sit, he would actually allow me to sit with him when he was correcting people 
um, and allowing me to see that end of it. So if any time it would arise with me when I'm out there doing whatever, I would know what to do. Yeah. So like, I think mentorship is is an extra element that that then that is included with discipleship yeah whenever the person is 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 has the same goals when those goals of leadership are aligned that's not everybody obviously not everybody's trying to to pay the price for to become a leader not everybody has the same uh goals to to become some some people are are cool with just coming to church and being discipled and being a better mom right a, a better a father a better a better son and which, which I, is which totally I would, fine and i would even say that that's a leadership role in itself just in the home exactly yeah yeah, yeah it's it, it's it, i think that's okay but if we're talking about mentoring to be a church leader a church leader ministry leader i don't i don't really see them different i just see i see them together but not always provided not always there for for every single person that's in the church okay all right, let me ask you this to kind of close up. Um, this, this has been really good. I think there's a lot more we could talk about. Oh, yeah. But um, we want to keep it kind of short because the kids... Yeah, the kids are just yeah. crazy. Dude. Kids are wild. Uh, there's a lot of good things we could talk about. Um, hopefully, we can do this again. Yes. Um, but to close it off, when build sin, the idea of evangelism, discipleship, multiplication. Uh, briefly, what would you speak into those areas about? Evangelism, evangelism, discipleship, right. and multiplication. Multiplication. I don't think it's anything new. I think it's so funny. I don't. I don't know if this is the the case with like, if I'm the only one who looks at this, but like I feel like church planning and and this stuff is just like the hot topic right now in the <laughs> Christian realm. Like, oh my God, did you read this book about this guy who just did? It's like the newest, the hottest thing. We got to be intentional. Uh, like, dude, this has been around for like forever. Right. So I will say I give it up to all the pre-chapel pastors who without like the the uh, the hype behind church planning, that they're just church planning. Man. Yeah, they're just doing uh, for, it. I, will, I, even, I don't even, I don't know where that's going. I just feel like, man, kudos and cred to these guys. They got street cred. Um, but I think it's it's woven. All three of those elements are woven through through the Bible. I think praise chapel is, or even what we do, uh, when built send is 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 biblical. It's not just something that someone pulled out of a hat. Right. Um, I think that evangelism is probably the hardest part of uh, of them because it's. I feel like it's the hardest thing to 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 try to get people to do. I think uh, evangelism is the most difficult piece to uh, uh, keep alive. I had read somewhere that said uh, it takes about like five times more um, like pushing or resource or focusing on to keep evangelism as a value. Yeah. Um, which I totally agree because if, and, and, and I think that it's probably one of the most important parts in whatever form like social media or even just going on the streets like i do both right like you have to i think you have to take whatever opportunity person music even exactly utilization of everything i think every single avenue of evangelism should be used yeah yeah uh discipleship um that's something that i that you just you just have to do um and it's essential man like it's it's odd like i've been i've gone to other churches and i've heard other uh, people talk about their type of churches and, and um, that you don't have the type of co- contact 
that like that we that not just us but like that I've been taught to have. Yeah. You know that like, I've been to go talk to the pastor. Yeah, like to go talk dude, to the leadership. Yeah, exactly. And they they know you. They they yeah. welcome you. A lot of times on the first time they meet you, they they want to hang out with you and they want to like go have lunch with you and they care about you. They're praying for you, reaching out to you. Uh, I remember in Bell Gardens, like I I I I was in, as a assistant pastor, I was in charge of doing the follow up. Mm-hmm. I kind of like elected myself to do it, and and do, and it it was so cool being able to like talk to people who yeah. came for the first time they're like whoa yeah like you're actually calling me to like check in to see i'm okay they were so weirded out by it at first but then they're like oh by the end of the conversation after i just uh, like kind of just told them like man we're just thankful for you to come through and i just want to connect with you, you know so if there's anything that we can pray for you like i just we just want to be real and want to just let you know that we care about you mm-hmm. and that we're here to to back you up one of the guys came back and like he's like he, he, I don't know, I, I, ever since I left Belgrade, I don't know, I don't even know if he said that though, but like, I remember one guy, he, he, uh, he was just like so touched, he remember him telling me like, dude, like, he had just got off the phone, or he had just got out of like this huge argument with his wife, and he told me like, over the phone, he was like, I thought that that was the, 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 the argument to end all, to end the, the, the relationship, but he just felt like, dude, that was just God, like, for me to call him and just connect with him, so I feel like discipleship, in, in 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 our realm looks like, like just straight up contact yeah relationship there, yeah the, there was it's so funny there's this one guy in church he was like bragging to his sister um i guess she was saying something about oh I, let's you should go check out this church or whatever and then he was like yeah but does your pastor go but do the, does their pastor text you does their pastor call you and go out to eat with you? And he was just like bragging. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know he was seen that. He just showed it to me later on. I was like, wow, that's like, that's, 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 I'm, I'm glad that that, that, that is a thing that he's like proud of because that's what I'm proud of. Yeah. I'm proud of that connect, that connection that we can build like that. Yeah. And then, so, okay. So final thought and then on send. Sending. The idea of multiplication. Multiplication. I think it's crucial, man. I think that, uh, it, 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 coincides with the um the succession part in the sense that man we we i that we need new leaders to to carry on the torch not only for praise chapel but for the gospel as a whole right the great especially yeah especially in america man if you look at the numbers that are out there saying like the average pastor in america right now is about 54 years old Mm mm-hmm come on dude that's like 11 years away from retirement a church can barely go based on from what i've seen man like a church can barely get momentum at 10 years Mm -hmm. you know like and so you're telling me someone after 10 like let's say the average pastor 54 10 years later the church is like at its point where it's about to go and he's like ready feeling it to retire yep like dude i don't care so so i i feel like i hear people say like oh i don't know if i'm called to be a pastor like put that to the side bro like look at the numbers i feel like it doesn't matter what you feel like the the gospel needs its leaders the gospel needs its preachers the gospel needs its 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 next generation of people that would be willing to go out and to be sent yeah um in whatever capacity okay that's singing songs if that's having a business or or whatever but I think you can't, you can't uh, uh, compare any of those to being a preacher. Yeah, 
Yeah. Hey, crucify me through Oxman. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, so if they want to, if they want to send you hate mail, where yeah, can go for it. Hey, dude, one two three. I don't care. Email dot com. Um, but if but, it, really, if they want to check out some of what's going on, Praise Chapel Pasadena. Yeah, you where can, can they? Where you can they? Just hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. The, what's the hash or uh, the username? Username is PCX Pasadena. You could check out our website. Um, it's on there, and there's also a, a um, just like. Just, I think the biggest thing that you could just check out is probably like our Instagram. We, we update that regularly. Um, and just pray for us. I don't know if you guys yeah. can just really just, just pray for us. We're, 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 um, just, we're experiencing God just moving and we're, we're my, my thoughts for our church is that we, just, I want to, uh, build like healthy relationships so that when new people come that they're not like threatened if I decide to kind of like spend some time with them or like, you know what I'm saying? And then I also can teach our church that like new people are a good thing that you should, that we should welcome them and that, um, that we should expect them that we should, um, you know, just do whatever we can to make sure that we do all three of us that we win, we build and we sin. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, this has been good. It's been it's been pretty quick, but uh, like I said, hopefully we'll have a, a part two. Yeah, um, talk about more like other stuff we talked about. Um, but yeah, thanks, Pastor Marcel, for being on this podcast. You got it, man. That's why I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for this. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.